With God's help, each one of us can progressively improve in the way we fight fear, worry, and anxiety. All throughout the scriptures, biblical writers addressed the fear, worry, and anxiety that humanity is experiencing. In this week's Differing Things podcast, Dr. Bill Petrie will look at how to reduce and minimize our fear and anxiety in an increasingly stressful world. How do you deal with fear and anxiety? It is certainly a relevant question since all of us deal with fear and anxiety in some form or another, whether we recognize it or not. And the pandemic has only increased that reality. A recent article in Scientific American noted, COVID has posed a threat to body and mind for all people on the planet. There has been a dramatic rise in anxiety and depression, not only in America, but around the entire globe since the start of the COVID pandemic. This rise has impacted younger people the greatest. They are people whose lives have been perhaps disrupted in ways we can't even imagine because they are perhaps the most connected to the constant media attention, and it's almost always negative, given to COVID. Even though the mental health side of the pandemic is often ignored, none of this is surprising. The pandemic has reminded us all of our vulnerability, fragility, and mortality. We are weak. We are mortal. We are not in control of the universe. And something as small as a microscopic virus can quickly spread around the world, infect our bodies, and make us all vulnerable to sickness and possibly death. This is the reality of the human condition. Add on to this pandemic, the pandemic of inflation. Have you went to a gas station lately and tried to fill your car with gasoline? And how about the impact those gas prices have had in the supermarket? Do you like spending what you're spending for groceries? Does this become a source of anxiety for you as we have reached 40-year highs in the inflation rate? Yes, we have a pandemic of inflation. And what makes it even worse is our public leaders not knowing how to control their own spending, thus devaluing our dollar and making it next to worthless. Then we can add into that 30-year highs in violent crimes. Yes, we have a pandemic of violent crime. We live in a world of uncertainty. And uncertainty breeds fear, 
worry, and anxiety. The Bible identifies fear as the very first emotion that humanity felt after sinning against God and being separated from him. And do not fear is the most frequently given command in all of Scripture, indicating that it is a command that we all need to hear. So how do we live a life free from fear? Well, to be frank, we cannot live totally free from fear. And if we did, then we probably would not live very long before we did something really stupid that killed us. Fear in some ways is good. We need to know that we are vulnerable, fragile, and mortal. It keeps us alive. It is the fear-free antelope that is the dead antelope. The flight or fight response is built into the core of our brains as a safety mechanism. And for that, we should be thankful. What the Bible wants to deliver us from is the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, records the following words. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of fear is what I would call persistent anxiety or panic attacks or an overactivated adrenal response that puts a person in a perpetual state of feeling flight or fight, even in normal course of life. And this spirit of fear does several things to us. It paralyzes us, isolates us, and makes us think irrationally about the threats around us. In other words, it does the very opposite of having a spirit of love, of having a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. It kills our power, our confidence, our sense of security inside ourselves. It kills our love, our relationships, our sense of connectedness with others. It kills our thinking, our discernment, our sense of sanity in this world. And in the context of 2 Timothy chapter number 1, it also kills our purpose and our ability to live the life that we were created to live. Paul gives this verse to his young protege, Timothy, who appears to be prone to anxiety to the point that it affected his stomach and his ability to use his gifts in ministering. Fear, if Timothy let it, could keep him from fulfilling his calling. I can identify with Timothy. I'm going to get personal right now and tell you a little bit about myself. I was a pretty nervous child growing up. I put more pressure on myself than I needed to. And often, I found myself with tension headaches and stomach problems, even as young as 8, 9, or 10 years old. 
I can remember taking an aspirin frequently, almost daily, when I was in junior high and high school. I was trying to be perfect in school. In just about every other area of life as well. And I just could not do it. As I got older, it carried some of these same tendencies into ministry. Later, I developed anticipatory panic attacks, which would paralyze me and make me want to run away in an attempt to escape when I was going through chemotherapy sessions. Some of you can probably relate, but others, I'm sure you can't. Personality does play a role, as well as upbringing and experience in how we handle fear. Some turn to alcohol or other addictions to numb any feelings of fear. Some manage to distract it through endless activities, pleasures, or pursuits. Some become angry or cynical, not realizing that behind most anger is fear. And they can be as angry as they want to, but fear is still there. It lingers under the surface. It cannot be denied any more than our own mortality can be denied. So how do we deal with it? Is a lifelong recovering fear feeler, here are some things that I have learned that have helped me. First and foremost, trust in Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, maybe this sounds like a cliche or a bait and switch gospel message wrapped in a podcast about fear, but that is not my intent. I am just stating the facts. At the root of all our fear is a sense of our vulnerability in a sin-cursed world. The only real solution is going to come from reconciliation with God, a security in a loving Savior, and a hope beyond the grave. That can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. The only way we can have a relationship with him is by believing and trusting the gospel message. It is given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verses 1 through 4. It states, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, the third day, according to the scriptures. 
I want you to notice the gospel has nothing to do with church attendance or keeping sacraments or even being a good person. It is trusting what Christ already accomplished for you. But it is not a magic pill that eliminates all fear. What it does give a, is a person the foundation for dealing with fear and anxiety. Is it any wonder the psalmist can write the words of Psalm 62, verses 7 and 8? On God is my salvation and my glory, my strong rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at every time you people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Are you in need of a refuge? If you are, trusting and believing what Jesus Christ accomplished for you, as I stated in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, is the only way to have that refuge. Second, learn to breathe. I know, I know, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I can remember reading a book on anxiety when I was in the midst of dealing with anticipatory panic attacks every time I was going to have a chemotherapy treatment. The book recommended sitting down and learning to breathe. I thought it was crazy. I could, I could not sit down. I was in turmoil, let alone gain control of my thinking and breathing. But over time, I have realized the wisdom of this advice. It is a daily discipline, not a quick fix. The results come slowly over time. The Hebrew word for be still, in that famous verse, be still and know that I am God, found in Psalm 46.10, means to sink down, relax, let drop. It pictures a big exhale a dropping of the tension in the shoulders, a relaxing in the arms of God. This is not empty meditation. This is an intentional resting in the loyal love of God. You need to learn to breathe. Third, limit media intake. There is no question in my mind that much of the increase that we are seeing in, in, in anxiety is directly related to the increase of media consumption. We are literally addicted to our smartphones, to 24-7 news, to scrolling through social media, to trying to know everything about everything. Study after study has shown that these things, especially social media, increase our anxiety, 
our depression and our anger, which is fear masking as strength. Yet we keep going back and consuming more. We say we want peace, but we will not put down our pieces of technology to experience it. Often the media influences our thoughts and causes us to worry about what ifs. The reality is that most what ifs never occur. And we have created a climate of stress and worry by having our fear run amok. Paul writes to the church in Philippi the following words. And I'm reading these words out of the concordant literal New Testament. They're found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that is superior to every frame of mind shall be garrisoning your heart and your apprehensions in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? The peace of God is superior to every frame of mind that you have. And that peace of God is garrisoning your heart. It is a fortress around your heart. And that peace of God that is superior to every frame of mind is also garrisoning your apprehensions. And all of this is done in Christ Jesus. Why is it important to trust in Jesus Christ? There's an answer. He supplies the peace of God that can overcome any frame of mind you are in. What a wonderful thing. He has built a fortress around your very heart. He's a garrison protecting it, eliminating all of your apprehensions. What a Savior we have. Fourth, start your day right. In concert with the two prior points, I have found that one of the best strategies to reducing anxiety is to reserve the first one or two hours of a day to a media-free time of reading, praying, and studying. I know everyone is different and their schedules are different, 
But somehow, we must gain control of the first moments, minutes, and hours of our day if we are going to maintain the best mindset throughout the day. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica in his first epistle to them to study, to be quiet. The word for quiet is the Greek word hesukadzo. It means quiet in the sense of at rest. The study of God's word can put our minds at rest from all the fear and anxiety that a day can bring. It is critical to start our day calm and at rest from all the stress life brings our way. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Only the word of God can truly transform our minds. And only the labor of study can make something real to us. It has been said, and I believe correctly, that where you invest your time is where you place your value. If you're studying to get to know the God of the Bible, to get to know our Savior, you will be building up a doctrinal fortress so that you can have your heart garrisoned. It works hand in hand. Study to be quiet. Start your day right. And fifth, take medication if you need it. Christians often wonder if taking medication is somehow contrary to having faith in God. My short answer is no. We are body, soul, and spirit creatures. Our bodies can play as much a part of our battle with anxiety as our soul and our spirits. Paul told Timothy to use a little wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent illnesses in 1 Timothy 5.23. Wine, in moderation, had, has medicinal effects. Today, Paul might say something more like this. Take a little med medication for your frequent battles with anxiety. Medication is not the cure-all. And it certainly can be overprescribed and overused. But if medication can help break the cycle and cut the edge off a panic attack, then take it. At the same time, take an inventory of your regular diet and your physical condition and adjust to a healthier lifestyle. It will be good for your body and your soul according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. They also state that as of 2018, anxiety, and di anxiety disorders are the most common 
mental illness in the United States of America. And it affects 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older, or approximately 18% of the population every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 36.9% of those suffering will seek treatment. In the end, anxiety is a battle and a journey. It is learning to take one day at a time, realize your limits, and trust in the goodness and loyal love of God. I am reminded of the first line of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Peace comes in knowing what you can control and what you cannot. And if we are honest, we will realize that there is not much under our control. The entire creation, along with every creature under the sun, and your neighbor down the street, are all beyond your control. Your own body even functions mostly outside of your control. What you can control is where you put your hope, where you fix your focus, and on whom you put your faith. If your faith, focus, and hope are not built on the immortal rock of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then you have every reason to fear. But if they are, then you have every reason to rest and to rejoice. He is in control. And the one who upholds the universe can certainly uphold you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand, Isaiah tells us in chapter 41 and verse 10. Good day and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.